Chapter Five of *The Dogs of Boytown* by Walter A. Dyer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: The Willowdale Kennels. As Harry Barton had said, it was only a short run on the train to Thornboro. The three boys disembarked at the station and walked up a winding, muddy road, for the sun was gathering strength and the snow had been melting fast. The fields and hillsides lay brown and dry, but not uninviting. It was a glorious day to be out of doors, especially upon such a quest. They came at length to an entrance in a privet hedge and passed up a long driveway with maple trees along both sides. At the end of it, they could see a large brick house with white pillars along the front. "'My, but this is a big place,' said Ernest. "'Sure,' said Harry. "'Mr. Hartshorn is a rich man. If he wasn't, how do you suppose he could keep so many dogs and hire a man just to take care of them?' "'What does he do with so many?' inquired Jack, to whom the care of one small puppy seemed a considerable responsibility. "'Oh, he shows them,' was Harry's somewhat vague explanation. "'He takes prizes with them at dog shows. Some of them are champions. He breeds them, too, and he sells the puppies he doesn't want to keep. I guess he makes a good deal of his money that way.' "'What kind of dogs are they?' asked Ernest mostly airedale terriers and white bull terriers said harry not common bull terriers like frank simmons but the finest kind all white as they neared the house harry led them into a path through the shrubbery which brought them at last around to the rear where there was a big stable and garage a greenhouse and some other buildings that long low building is the kennels said harry the dogs are in their runs out back i expect and probably tom is out there too why exclaimed jack it's just like a house for people the willowdale kennel house was indeed a more elaborate affair than the boys had imagined could ever have been built just for dogs it made rome appear very humble in comparison it was a well-built house long and low with windows all along the front and a door in the middle over this door was an ornamental gable and there was a cupola at the top the whole was painted white the boys passed around the end of the building, from behind which issued the voices of many dogs, which they presently saw running about in yards built of wire fencing. Some of the dogs were smooth and pure white, and some were wiry-coated and a rich black and tan, tan on the forelegs and head, and black or a very dark grizzle on the neck and body. They all appeared to be very lively, active dogs, and some of them seemed rather pugnaciously anxious to get at one another through the wire fences. "'There's Tom,' announced Harry, and the other boys, following his pointing finger, observed a man in brown clothes and leather leggings, apparently engaged in mending the fence at the rear of one of the runs. As they approached, he straightened up and came forward to meet them, with a little smile on his broad face." well said he here we are and how's the little man today and how's the dog mike pretty well thank you said harry in a rather more subdued tone than he had been using toward jack and ernest these are my friends ernest and jack whipple they want to see your dogs tom poultice regarded the newcomers quizzically sure you aren't afraid of getting bit oh no we aren't afraid of dogs asserted ernest right oh said tom come along and i'll show you our new airedale bingles queen molly she's the hummer molly is he led the way through a wire gate into one of the runs and called the new dog to him whereat the dogs in the neighboring runs set up a loud barking 
they're all jealous said tom but they wouldn't touch her a male dog scarcely ever attacks a female molly proved to be a sweet gentle creature and allowed the boys to pat and stroke her hard little head she's a genuine harticle said tom see the straight leg to her and the square muzzle she'll win something or i'm no judge she's a little smaller than some of them isn't she asked harry yes but she's just about the right size for showing said tom thirty-seven she weighs i'm partial to the bigger dogs myself but the judges generally favor a smaller dog if he's got the points molly certainly got the points much to the edification of the boys tom went on to describe the standard points of the airedale illustrating with several of the dogs all of whom appeared to be very fond of the kennelman then he took them in to see the bull terriers here's a different kind of dog entirely he said as good a fighter and watchdog as a harrodale but not useful in so many ways it's an older breed than the harrodale i can remember when the bull terrier was a heavier dog and the brindles were just as good as whites but now they want only this kind in the shows with long skull and pure white eyes small and shaped like almonds and set wide apart that's the kind the ears have to be cropped in this country to win prizes beastly custom they don't do it in hengland any more i'm glad they let the harrodale's ears alone for some time tom poultice discoursed learnedly on these two breeds and answered numerous questions what oh he exclaimed suddenly here's mr hartshorn coming get him to tell you about dogs he knows a thing or two himself a well-dressed gentleman in a grey overcoat and hat with a grey pointed beard and carrying a cane appeared around the end of the kennel house the boys appeared a little ill at ease don't be scared of him said tom he likes boys well tom said mr hartshorn stopping now and then to poke his stick through the fence at the dogs that came yelping down their runs to greet him how's molly mighty fine sir said tom mighty fine some of your friends he inquired indicating the boys yes sir said tom this is harry barton sir from boytown and these uh what did you say their names were ernest and jack whipple said ernest ah yes said mr hartshorn just as though he had been reading about these boys in the paper glad to meet you i'm sure came up to have a look at the finest dogs in connecticut i suppose he had a pleasant friendly face and though the boys were a little awed by his imposing appearance and courtly manner they soon lost their shyness and found themselves asking him many questions about dogs come up to the house said he at length i can explain things better up there where i have some pictures tom went back to his work and the boys bidding him good-bye followed mr hartshorn up to the big house he took them into a room that he said was his den there was a big desk in it all littered up with papers and well-filled bookcases around the room are all these books about dogs inquired harry well a good many of them are said mr hartshorn i have about every book on dogs that ever been printed i expect on the walls above the bookcases were photographs and colored pictures of dogs and horses in frames and at one side of the room was a long leather sofa mr hartshorn seated himself at his desk and began rummaging in a drawer full of photographs while he told the boys to be seated on the sofa now then he said when they were all settled you were asking me about different kinds of terriers and i guess i've got pictures of good specimens of about every kind how many kinds of standard breeds of terriers do you suppose there are oh about eight i guess said harry who was a little more forward than the whipple boys 
wrong said mr hartshorn there are nearly a hundred recognized breeds of dog in this country all different and eighteen of these are terriers to make them easier to remember i will divide them into three classes smooth-coated wire-haired and long-haired the smooths are the bull terrier the boston the smooth fox terrier the manchester and the doberman pincher the wires are the wire-haired fox terrier the airedale the bedlington the irish the welsh the scottish the west highland white the dandy demont the cairn and the celium the long-haired ones are the Skye, the clydesdale and the yorkshire my exclaimed ernest i never heard of some of them before lots of people haven't said mr hartshorn but they're all worth knowing you can see nearly all of em at a big show like the one held every year in new york i'm going to tell you something about them all if you'd like to listen oh yes please do said ernest well said mr hartshorn arranging his photographs first let me explain what a terrier is most of them come from england and scotland a few from wales and ireland terrier means earth dog and that's what they were called hundreds of years ago when they were first used to hunt animals that run into the ground or under stones they had to be brave and gamey and not too big and they became very active little dogs and mighty efficient at first some were smooth-coated and some wire-coated finally however englishmen began to breed certain favorite kinds and so the different breeds were gradually established one of the oldest kinds is the manchester or black and tan terrier he was first bred by the mill hands in the midland counties of england where he was famous as a ratter here's a picture of one handsome chap isn't he nice intelligent dog too his ears are cropped but his tail isn't the white bull terrier is a near relative of the manchester i've already told you about him now here's the boston i guess you know this kind oh yes said ernest there on hammer has one named alert this is an american-made breed said mr hartshorn out of british raw material some boston fanciers developed it from the brindle bull terrier about eighteen ninety it's one of the most popular breeds here now a smallish dog sometimes too small i think brindle and white and here's the smooth fox terrier you've seen lots of those another small one not over twenty pounds he was developed from the old english working terrier about fifty years ago now here's one that i don't believe you know it's a doberman pincher funny name wonderfully smart dog though they call him the dog with the human brain he comes from germany where he was first a watchdog and was later trained as a police dog i believe the first ones were brought over here in nineteen o seven a muscular dog weighing forty or fifty pounds he is marked like the manchester but his coat is less silky and now we come to the wires the wire-haired fox terrier is really just like the smooth but he looks quite different because of his stiff wiry coat then there's the airedale you know about those best all-around dog in the world in my opinion this is a bedlington you won't see many of those has a head like a lamb hasn't he and notice the silky topknot he's a good little sporting dog if he does look so mild they're mostly blue gray and tan and weigh about twenty-four pounds here's the liveliest one of the lot the irish terrier sometimes they call him the daredevil he's a great little scrapper he comes from ireland of course he's a red dog weighs twenty-four pounds and makes one of the best comrades a boy can have the welsh terrier is related to the wire-haired fox though he looks more like a small airedale being black and tan he's a little smaller than the irishman 
some terriers come from scotland and as you can see from these pictures they're a short-legged strong-headed long-bodied lot that's because they were bred to go into the ground and the piles of rocks after badger and such like game they had to be pretty tough to manage it too this is the cairn terrier he used to be called the highland terrier and i guess he's more nearly like the original terrier of scotland than any of the others he came from the hebrides islands i expect you've never seen one for they aren't common in this country but they're jolly little beggars they're the smallest of the lot weighing only twelve to fifteen pounds but mighty hardy and gamey they are various sandy and grizzle colors and always have this foxy little head you may have seen one of these it's a scottish terrier once called the aberdeen and we have a lot of good ones over here now some call him the scotty or the die-hard see how wise he looks with his bright eyes under his big eyebrows notice the big head and short legs and upright tail there are some sandy ones but mostly they're a dark grizzled gray they weigh eighteen to twenty pounds here's his first cousin the west highland white terrier he comes from argyleshire and the west coast of scotland and he's always pure white like most of the other scotsmen he has a harsh outer coat and a soft undercoat which are practically waterproof he has a more pointed muzzle than the scotty and he's smaller at the next picture the boys all laughed it was a queer-looking dog with such a big head and long body and a face like that of an old scotchman he's a dandy dimont said mr hartshorn if you ever read guy mannering by sir walter scott you may remember that he speaks of dandy dimont's pepper and mustard terriers the book was published in eighteen fourteen and dandy dimont terriers have been popular in the border counties of scotland ever since the dandy is related to the bedlington you see as the same drooping ears and the topknot gray and fawn are the colors and this is the last of the wires it's a cilium he looks as though he might be related to the scotch breeds with his short legs and strong head he was in fact bred for badger hunting as they were but he comes from wales we have had them in this country only since nineteen twelve the cilium is a mighty lovable little dog he is white often with black or brown markings and he's about the same size as the west highlander now we come to the long-coated ones and the first of them is the sky another of the scotch breeds he's a close relative of the cairn but he has a long coat and hair over his eyes he's about the same size as the west highlander and blue-gray or fawn they used to be much more common than they are now by the way did you ever read the story of greyfriars bobby none of the boys had read it well do so the first chance you get that's one of the loveliest dog stories ever written and it's true greyfriars bobby was a sky terrier this is a clydesdale or paisley terrier not at all a common breed i doubt if you'll ever see one in the united states he looks something like the sky but his coat is silkier he's steel blue on the body and head with golden tan feet the yorkshire comes from the other side of the border and he's something like the clydesdale only with longer legs and shorter body he's a fancy dog with a wonderful coat parted down the middle and sweeping the ground he's steel blue with tan markings on the head and chest and legs there you have all the terriers he concluded and i guess you've had a long enough lesson for one day these facts are all very interesting but they become prosy and confusing if taken in too large doses here take this book home with you and look it over at your leisure you'll find in it all the things i've told you and a lot more besides 
terriers are the smartest dog there are i guess said harry well i don't know as i should want to say quite that said mr hartshorn smartness and other qualities are as much a matter of individuals as of breeds however the terriers certainly have won that reputation do you know any good stories about them asked harry who was never backward in such matters mr hartshorn laughed unfortunately my memory for stories isn't very good said he but i have lots of stories in books and before you boys come up again i'll look up some of them meanwhile see if they have a book in the boystown library by edward jesse called anecdotes of dogs it was published in london in eighteen fifty eight and it isn't very common but if you can find a copy it's a dandy it contains most of the historic dog stories it includes several stories about terriers chiefly illustrating their intelligence but also their devotion many of them i recall are stories of dogs that found their way home over unknown roads after being carried away for long distances this homing instinct seems to be very strong in the terrier the breed has always been a very close and intimate companion of man and that has sharpened his wits and deepened his sympathies the only terrier story that i recall at the moment is a little anecdote that illustrates the terrier's shrewdness rather than his uprightness of character a lady music teacher was going to the home of one of her pupils one day when some sort of wire-haired terrier surprised and startled her by running out from a field and seizing her skirt in his teeth she tried to drive him away but he wouldn't go becoming somewhat alarmed by his actions she called to two laborers who were working in the field and they came to her assistance he wants you to go with him ma'am one of the men said i've heard of dogs acting like that maybe it's a murder or something i guess we'd better go along they followed the dog to the rear of a cottage and he at once began to dig feverishly at a heavy plank the workman half expecting to find a corpse lifted the plank only to disclose a large beef bone this the terrier at once appropriated and made off with it without waiting to express his thanks for assistance the boys laughed over this story and thanked mr hartshorn warmly for the interesting things he had told them then squabbling good-naturedly over the possession of the dog book they hurried off to catch the late afternoon train back to boytown it was not long before they had another lesson in dog lore though this time it was not mr hartshorn who was their teacher the next saturday the three of them made another trip to thornborough to return the book in the fascinating contents of which they had been reveling for a week they met tom poultice on the road with half a dozen of the dogs out for exercise they were a lively lot and it took about all of tom's attention to keep them in hand mr hartshorn ain't home to-day said tom you come along with me and the dogs and i'll show you some fun you can leave the book up at the house when we get back the boys accepted this as a rare privilege and for an hour or two accompanied tom and his troublesome pack about the country roads the bull terriers were fairly well behaved but the airedales seemed bent upon getting into all kinds of mischief on two occasions tom had his hands full breaking up what promised to become a free-for-all fight but the boys could not help admiring the boundless vigor of these dogs who seemed hardly able to contain all the youth and joy and life within them it made the boys want to run and romp and caper in sympathy as they entered the drive at willowdale on their return they saw a sweet-faced woman standing on the porch with a little woolly white dog beside her that's mrs hartshorn said tom you can give her the book over to her she'd like for you to stop and speak to her 
somewhat shyly the boys followed his advice but mrs hartshorn like her husband seemed to have the faculty of making them soon feel at their ease she at once introduced them to daisy her toy white poodle daisy's long hair had been trimmed and clipped in a ridiculous manner that made the boys laugh but she soon proved herself to be as smart as a whip mrs hartshorn put her through all her pretty tricks i suppose after seeing all those airedales and bull terriers you won't think much of my little dogs said mrs hartshorn tom poultice is very scornful about toys but a dog is a dog no matter how little i want you to come in and see my prize pomeranian tip they followed her into the house and up a broad staircase at the top she turned and said i think tip is in the nursery with the baby don't be startled if he tries to eat you up you needn't be quiet because it's about time for the baby's nap to be over she ushered them into the nursery a pretty pink and white room and there lay a handsome chocolate-colored little dog on a mat beside a white crib at the sight of strangers tip growled a little and showed his white teeth don't you want to take a look at the baby asked mrs hartshorn with a twinkle in her eye harry barton stepped bravely forward but was met by an attack so savage that he hastily retired tip did not bark barking was not permitted in the nursery but he defended his charge with a ferocity quite out of proportion to his diminutive size lie down tip said mrs hartshorn laughing it's all right and tip retired grumbling to his rug he's little but oh my said mrs hartshorn i don't believe one of you would dare to touch that baby with tip anywhere around now isn't he a dog after all the boys admitted quite readily that he was he chased a tramp away once said she the tramp came to the front door when mr hartshorn was away and spoke so roughly to my maid that i was really quite frightened tip heard him and came out like a flash the man swore and kicked at him nothing makes a dog so angry as kicking at him and tip jumped and nipped the man's finger he swore again but tip renewed his attack to such good purpose that the man backed away and finally retreated in disorder with tip at his heels i've known big dogs that couldn't do so much the boys looked upon tip with new respect now come and see my peaks said mrs hartshorn the boys followed her into another room where two piccanese spaniels got lazily out of a basket and came forward to greet her and for the next few minutes the boys found infinite amusement playing with the fluffy little pets End of chapter five